I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. Gertrude Stein once said, walk slowly, but keep walking. She had a point. A museum is a place of wonder, but to be more accurate, it's a place of wonders. Tempting as it may be to stop and stare for 10 or 15 minutes at each piece, there's a lot to get through. And museums do close, and you want to make time for cake. Easier said than done. I know. But in the case of the latest exhibit at the Museum of Pop Culture, I'm pretty sure you won't get to the cake. The Seattle Museum's newest exhibition is called Prince from Minneapolis, and it's an immersive examination of the late icon's life through photos, artwork, instruments, and outfits from the Purple Rain Tour. Prince from Minneapolis is an arresting and fascinating look at one of the most transformative careers in music history. So, dig if you will a podcast of me chatting with Mopop's curator, Brooks Peck, about Prince from Minneapolis. Enjoy this conversation and book your ticket to go check out the exhibit in Seattle. It's something else. Here's a chat with me and Brooks Peck right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. The exhibition was originally created by the Wiseman Art Museum in Minneapolis. And they uh, honestly didn't, I believe, have any real plans to travel it, but we found out about it. And we thought it was super cool. So we asked them if we could uh, rent it from them. So uh, we worked that out. And their show, the core of their show, is um, photographs from four artists spanning uh, a big chunk of Prince's career. And then also some really interesting artworks created by people who have been inspired by Prince in different ways. And then what we did is we just added a few more things because we had access to um, some other lenders. So we were able to put in some uh, 
outfits that Prince wore, costumes from the film Purple Rain, uh, performance outfits from the Purple Rain tour, uh, one of his cloud guitars, um, things like that. So, so that's that's sort of it in a super quick nutshell. In, in terms of those lenders, so all of those pieces are privately owned. Yes, that's. I'm I'm saying that slowly because actually I you know when it comes to the pieces that are coming from the Wiseman, the photographs and things, uh, I I actually don't know, and that's kind of normal. Um, usually museums don't share that kind of information even with each other, um, but but I'm. Don't quote me on this literally, but I'm guessing in terms of the photos, the core photographic collection, the Wiseman probably just made new prints, um, which is a confusing word to say when you're talking about prints. But anyway, prints uh, of the photos. Um, but certainly the you know the artworks are, are on loan from the artists and um, and the sort of prints related. Uh, clothing and instruments and things. Uh, a couple things from our our permanent collection, and the rest are on loan from uh, local collectors. Yeah, yeah. I always think about it in terms of of the music of Prince's estate and uh, you know the intellectual property, and that just seems mm-hmm. to me that um, it's easier to deal with private collections because it seems like the estate is just a complicated uh, thing to sort of uh, deal with. Sure. I mean, it depends on on. You know, it depends on the on the artist. It depends on on a lot of things. Um, in this case, you know, since Prince, Prince passed away relatively recently, I feel like his estate is starting to, you know, just just um, uh, learn how to do all this stuff and then decide what they want to do and things like that. But of course, stuff makes its way out into private hands all the time. So, um, you know, one of the one of the pieces that I think, and this isn't you know as directly related to Prince. But in our collection, which I love, is, um, you know, he performed a lot at the First Avenue Club in Minneapolis, and we happen to have a cash register from that club in our collection, so we're putting that on display. Um, and you can actually, eh, we're not sure if it's the right one, but you might catch a glimpse of it in the film Purple Rain, because he did shoot, of course, a few scenes at the First Avenue. Well, that's a cool piece to have in the collection. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's all covered in, you know, Sharpie graffiti and stickers and things. It's really great. You know, in the past, I've heard museum curators say that the sequencing of these exhibits can be very tricky. Um, what was it like in this case? You know, in this case, it wasn't it wasn't hard. I mean, we, we start with the core um, of the exhibition, which is photographed by the four photographers and did they provide you with, um, you know, all their names and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. So you know, there's 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 Robert Whitmillen and Alan Beaulieu and Nancy Bunt and Terry Giedison, and and that stuff basically falls in a in a fairly chronological order. So um, in the gallery, we that forms the spine, if you will, um, and it's those photos. Then how many photos is that total? 36 photos. Uh, and then what we did is we sort of pepper the 3D stuff, the clothes, the artwork, things like that kind of throughout. So that stuff doesn't follow as as, as strict uh, a chronological order, especially because a lot of the artwork, you know, um, was created either late in Prince's career or after he passed away. Uh, 
So that's, that's, that's sort of much more contemporary. I mean, of course, it's all contemporary, but um, but that's basically basically how we go about it. So so in terms of the photos, you're kind of you're kind of taking a taking a walk through time, and um, and you know it starts with the Robert Woodman photos from 1977 when Prince is 19 years old. I mean, you know, basically pre pre frame, he had probably probably just signed with Warner Brothers his first Warner contract, and um, and you know he's just like this guy. <laughs> you know it's great. He he smiles a lot more than you later see him smile in other photos and things. And um, and you can tell he's you know only just started to think about what his image is or will be. And then as we progress through, like even you know the next photographer Beaulieu, who started uh, taking pictures in '79, um, and. Uh, was doing covers, but also behind the scenes and performance stuff. Already, we start to see the prints that we recognize just a couple of years later. Um, in terms of the clothes, the hair, the look, everything. So, so I, I, I'm sorry, I don't even know what your question was. I'm meandering here, but 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 that that progression is really interesting, and and that sort of idea of of seeing prints engaged in this image making of himself. Uh, yeah. What, what do you think that that, in terms of for longtime fans, what do you think that they will? I don't want to say learn because that 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 feels too pedantic. Uh-huh. But what do you think that the the takeaway will be for people who? Uh, I like what you're saying about the idea that the prince character starts to sort of you know take shape. Um, what do you think people who think they're familiar with him will they learn something new or get a glimpse of something that they hadn't actually seen before? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'll go back to those early photos, which have rarely been seen. Um, and there you see this, this, you know, this, this very, very young man who, who I don't think many of us are familiar with. But even, even in the, in, in things like, say, the, you know, uh, like the latest photos are from '93 from the New Power Generation tour. But there's some great behind-the-scenes stuff, and I love the behind-the-scenes photos because that's when when you know you can capture someone catch someone in a way off guard you know when they're on stage or when they're posing they're definitely you know really uh, um presenting that persona that they've created uh, although with prince uh, you know it's not i mean he was his persona in some ways but still it's it's you know like there's a there's a photo by by Giesen of him um at a mixing board just working and and i think that that's really interesting to see because we're used to seeing like him performing you know he's got a guitar he's on keys whatever he's doing the prince thing but so much of prince's work was really spent you know producing and had a mixing board and 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 uh you know painstakingly thoughtfully obsessively working and reworking his music um and i think it's nice to be reminded of that aspect of him um that what we saw on stage was just a tiny percentage of, of, of sort of who he was and the work he was doing as a musician. Did anything get left out? In, in other words, I always wonder about this as well is, you know, was there material that you thought didn't quite fit with the feel of the exhibit? Uh, not for us. If, if the Wiseman, you know, the Wiseman curator, uh, probably made decisions like that, but by the time it comes to us, you know, it came to us, um, 
it was pretty much set. And we basically, you know, respect that curator's vision and, and uh, we're just pleased. You know, we're, we're, we're especially pleased that, that the Wiseman was so willing and open to us adding a few things um, and um, putting our, our stamp on it. But, but yeah, as far as I know, yeah, that's a good question. Is it, by the way, is it uncommon for um for a museum to say oh we're going to add a few pieces like is that is that not a common thing to be done oh it's probably pretty common yeah especially um it depends on i mean it depends on the type of show right right uh, um we we actually we had one other photo of prints in our collection that we did add it's it's uh, by neil preston but um, we didn't want to add a lot, like didn't really talk about adding other photos because because after all it's a photo show and it's it's you know what the Wiseman was creating. For us, it's more we know our audience and we know that they really love seeing costumes and I, I don't want to call it costumes, you know, clothing and apparel and, and things like that. And since we had the opportunity, we thought it'd be fun to 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 do that. You know, in photos, you you never. I think it's hard to remember uh, the prince was five foot two uh tiny guy yeah um uh so when you see these clothes you you get this i, I feel like you get the sudden sense of the of the literally the, the 3d person you know and he's very small uh so i think that's fun i remember seeing a purple rain when i was 14 i thought he was six five right right because right. such a big presence all, you know exactly exactly um, such a big presence and, and occasional high heels, but, but yeah, <laughs> uh, totally, totally. We always ride around that motorcycle and stuff. And, and yeah, it sounds like you and I are about the same age. So yeah. it's, it's like, it's like, Oh, um, well, no, just cause you saw when you were 14 doesn't mean you saw when it came out. Sorry. Um, but yeah, he just seems like this badass, you know? And, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I did see it at 14 when it came out and, and I remember thinking like, you know, he could dunk a basketball. He just seemed like he was really tall. Right, right, right. Because that, right. you know, just that whole, it just goes to show you that, you know, charisma and, and belief is is higher than the highest of heels, you know? Totally, totally. Yeah, that's great. That's a great way to put it. For you, when you when you finally got it all set up, what was the feeling that when you first saw it and it was all finalized and ready to go? Was It, it must have been pretty thrilling. I loved I love doing photo shows. I especially love photo shows that span time, like this spans a couple of decades, uh, because 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 of that sense of of, of change that you see. Um, you know, Prince. Uh, we think of him as this '80s phenomenon, but you know, he just worked and worked for decades, and he put out so many albums. And um, I'm reminded when I look at the show of of that that span of years, that span of work, uh, the fact that, that, um, he had zero interest when he had money and fame in not doing music. I mean, clearly music drove him, drove him incessantly. Um, and, and that's sort of one of the reasons at Mopop we were really interested in this show because, because we're interested in looking at, at creators and creative people and and the stories of sort of what drives them and um, and how they and how they go about that and we re- are really into iconoclasts you know and this is a person I mean Prince Prince definitely I mean he, you know he drew 
he drew on lots of influences, and especially musically, people talk about, you know, his, his you know, influences as a guitar player and as a drummer and as a keyboard player, uh, and to a certain degree, his, his costumes and things. But he put it all together in this, like, totally new way. Right. And, um, and he, you know, did not, I mean, of course, he must have cared what people think, thought, but, but he was so willing to be out there to, to be, to be himself. I mean, especially things like his, um, his sort of gender fluidity back in the eighties was, was really a, a thing with people that was, that was different and disturbing, um, to certain, to certain camps. And, and then later when he's, when he's, uh, in having his, you know, conflict with Warner and, uh, and he for, you know, we'd do music videos and he'd appear on stage with the word slave written on his cheek, yeah. uh, to protest that. I mean, uh, a courageous guy, you know, a super courageous guy. So once again, I, I've wandered off your question. No, no, but, you're, you're great. But, I, and I think you're right because I think that Prince and Freddie Mercury and I think Bowie they sort of transcended sexuality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know Michael Jackson taps into that same kind of feel. Yeah. Um, but but I think Prince was well Freddie Prince is pretty darn overt. But but you know Prince's lyrics, his music videos, highly sexualized stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, interesting. Can you give us a scoop about what is coming up in the future, future projects for you guys? Yeah. Um, well, uh, a month after we opened Prince, we're opening a super fun show called A Queen Within Adorned Archetypes. And I, it's kind of a fashion show. It's a fashion art show where fashion designers have created these pieces, ostensibly their clothing, but they are costumes or artworks or both that embody different feminine or archetypes, archetypes of women. Um, and we can get you, we can get you some information about the show. Uh, this is another show we're bringing in from an outside institution whose name escapes me at the moment. But uh, for us, this is going to be going to be. Uh, we haven't done anything like this in quite a while, and and it it, it it's really going to be pushing. I think our museum's boundaries of what we consider pop culture and how we, how we look at pop culture. Uh, really, really exciting show. And actually kind of a fun follow off, follow on to Prince because Prince was so about image and about, um, gender and things like that. So it's an interesting pairing. So that's going to be, that's going to be super fun. Very cool. And can you tell our listeners how to get to the Prince uh, exhibit when it's opening and how long it'll be open for. Yeah, yeah. So the exhibition opens uh, to the public on Saturday, April 6th. And um, pro tip, if you go to mopop.org and buy our tickets online, they're uh, significantly cheaper than at the door. And it will run through the year. It closes in January of 2020. So it's a nice long run here. Very cool. Um, and not to put you on the spot, but favorite Prince song? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, what's funny is, like, had you asked me that six months ago, I would have been like, blah, 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 right? But right. now that I've gotten so immersed in it, right? Um, I'll, 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 favorite Prince song this week <laughs> is probably is probably When Doves Cry, actually. I... I, I um, 
because it's that paired with the video, uh, I think is just really interesting. I'm um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record and say for me it's let's go crazy. So we're basically in the same. Oh uh, yeah 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 right? yeah yeah totally totally super fun. Doesn't that sound like a really cool exhibit? Go get your tickets. I'm going to go get mine. Uh, Mopop.org is the site to go to uh, to order your tickets. I almost said mbop.com, but that's a Hanson fan site. Don't go there. Well, go there if you're a fan of Hanson, but don't go there for your Prince tickets. Mopop.org is where you want to go to gain admission to the Prince from Minneapolis show. Uh, My thanks to Jason Porter. Joseph Bondi and David Porter for setting up the interview with Brooks. Now, when you go to the show, drop me a line and tell me how it was. Editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Embers Editor or on Instagram at Embers Podcast. If you find yourself on iTunes, please subscribe to Stereo Embers the Podcast. And if you got a couple of stars to kick us, you know, maybe five, we'll take them. Okay? It means a lot to us over here. So we appreciate that in advance. Now, I want to close the show with a song by Prince, and though I revealed my favorite song, I'm not going to play my favorite song. I'm going to play the favorite song of my guest. That only seems fair, right? All right, I thought you'd agree. Dig, if you will, a picture of a podcast host with good manners. This is When Doves Cry for Brooks. Enjoy it right here, and I'll see you next time on Stereo Embers the Podcast, only right here on Bombshell Radio. Dig, if you will. Of you and I engaged in a kiss The sweat of your body covers me Can you, my darling, 